Well, hello and welcome to the Profit Express. I'm Tim Healy, and I'm inviting you to join me each and every Wednesday so you can be prepared to win the battle for business. That's right. Thanks for sharing some of your time with me today and being on board. Now, it was back in May of this year that I tackled the topic of Budweiser and their disastrous marketing campaign with trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney. Now, at the time, the day before that campaign launched, Budweiser's market cap was $132 billion. About a month later, it dropped almost $6 billion. As of yesterday, Budweiser's market capitalization was $111.13 billion. So since this disastrous campaign happened and the boycott exploded and social media exploded, Budweiser, one of the behemoths, not just here in America, but globally, obviously, lost about 15% of their market cap and stock value. Now, I really didn't think I'd be doing you know, a revisit of this show. And it was, the, the, the episode was entitled, Did Bud Light Get It Wrong? And as you know, I had uh, my resident PR and crisis management expert on, Bill Corbett, Corbett Public Relations. You guys all know him. He's a great friend. He's a supporter, contributor, sponsor of the show. So he and I were discussing it back then. And when we were talking, it was kind of interesting. You know, we didn't think that the boycott would really last much longer than a couple of weeks. I mean, after all, the, the Nike debacle with Kaepernick, that actually helped, you know, spike Nike's sales. Gillette, they were fine with, with the boycott that they endured. And even more recently with, with Goya Beans and Spotify with the whole Joe Rogan incident, all of those companies weathered the storms. And as Bill had re referred to, listen, basically in a couple of news cycles, a couple of weeks, people will forget about it and march on. But it's not the case. And the reason I am revisiting this, uh, I'm personally very interested in it, and I'm just kind of curious, and that's why I'm having Bill back on the show today, to revisit why or really how a company like Budweiser, with their, you know, you could call them limitless resources almost, could have screwed up crisis management so badly. So, Bill... I'm glad and I'm thankful you are willing to come back on. Uh, it's a pleasure, as always, to have you. How are you doing today? Are you going to play my words back to haunt me uh, <laughs> from uh, a few months ago? Well, uh, listen, th thank you for being a good sport. What, what did um, I say? Well, let's, let's, let's cue it up here. Now, I'm going old school. I, just, I got the clip just before the show, so I'm going to play it right into the mic here. Here we go. Look, Americans have short memories. I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if you see people walking down the street with cases of Bud Light, you know, in a, in a couple of weeks when it gets hot and the Memorial Day rolls around. <laughs> you know, they, they forget, they, they, we forget about this stuff after it's out of the news cycle for a week or two. We did, uh, you know, unfortunately, have short memories. So, so that was the clip uh, May third of this year. And now, bef before I get it, I get your response and your ability to defend yourself. When we were talking about it, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, I pretty much thought Bill was, was spot on. I did not see this boycott really having legs. And I didn't see a company, a, a, a global behemoth like Budweiser, which now Ambev, it's, it's a European-owned uh, company. I didn't see them losing 15% of their market capitalization stock price. So you hear this quote. 
from yours truly yourself there, Bill. Uh, what say you? Yeah, it's, it's. I feel like I'm watching the news and they're they're playing clips of a politician who said something and they they busted. <laughs> but uh, it was my opinion, and I you know I I was wrong, and I I, I fully admit I was wrong, and uh, and or misjudged what uh, was happening. And as you said, they've lost a lot of market capitalization, that stock value for us lay people, you know. Sure. But in terms of actual dollars, it was probably like four hundred million dollars in losses, and you know local distributors were hurt. You know, it, it, it's up and down the you know, up and down everything that they, there was a lot of damage everywhere. So we'll get into this, but, you know, mm -hmm. companies, uh, you know, we thought that many of them, we've seen it, like you said, with Nike and others were able to weather the storm, come back and, and people kind of forgot about it, but there's something different about the world we're in today and the mm -hmm. woke anti-woke society. This trans issue is uh, controversial for sure. And it's something that, uh, you know, resonated with, people who were the customers of Bud, Budweiser, Bud Light, Ambev, and uh, many of them uh, have not returned. And now, uh, no matter what, you know, list or uh, data you look at, whether it's most popular or most consumed or most purchased, you know, Bud Light, which was number one, is no longer number one. And it's, yeah. uh, it's some say it's, it's number 10, some days number three. But regardless, you know, you're knocked off the perch and now they're uh, they're struggling to recover. And, oh, there's a lot of different things we can unpack about this one. But uh, my my thought about people having short memories, apparently not. If you uh, offend them in some way and you don't like what they were doing, well, I guess that they're going to remember it and take a little bit of, uh, I guess, a boycott revenge upon the mm. brands that where they were once loyal to. And uh, and. Yeah, maybe they uh, those those people are lost forever. Ironically enough, though, the people who were mad about what happened, then the, the trans community was mad because Budweiser and their marketing people didn't defend their decision to do what they did. So now you alienated right. both sides, which makes it even worse. Well, and, and that's one thing I want to bring up. So the CEO of Budweiser, Brendan Whitworth, so he abandons Mulvaney with his campaign, turns, turns his back on Mulvaney. And in so doing, as, as you just said, he, he offends the trans community. And then with these, they, they bring out the cotton can, candy, thinly veiled Americana, the Clydesdales, the American flag, thinking that that would make it all well again with their core audience. And it alienates two audiences in one shot. So, so here's my question to you. This is what I find puzzling. You are, as, as part of what you do, corporate public relations, obviously part of what you offer your clients is crisis management. This is this was clearly in the realm of crisis management. Um, I'm sure they could hire and afford people like Bill Corbett. So how, <laughs> how did a company of this magnitude screwed up so badly where they had a two-for-one deal in, in, in offending a community that they already had for years and a community that they were looking to attract and bring into the fold. How do you do that? So, I, well, I think number one is they, they misjudged the power of social media. Mm. They didn't quite understand the divisiveness of the trans topic 
I'm mm-hmm. saying I'm pro or con anything, but just the topic in and of itself, yep. um, it's, you know, controversial to say the least and not understanding those two things. And honestly, they had a, they had a couple of marketing people who probably leaned on the wokey side and wanting to do these things and ended up in break. And by the way, it wasn't a full fledged campaign. It was actually a very small situation where they had their, you know, they, they, she, Mulvaney was only brought on for one small little social media, uh, you know, program or effort. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like mm-hmm. a multi-million dollar campaign. I think it was like a $15,000 campaign or something, something relatively small. They just sent sure. her, you know, bought cans that had her image on it. And, right, right. and that sparked the outrage. And then, but, but her whole, her whole story, you know, to some degree is controversial to a whole segment of the population. So anyway, so they just miscalculated mm-hmm. how they could offend people and how offensive that could be to a core audience that doesn't really bite into that other side of, uh, uh, you know, the so- social, social world, you know, so that there's, a, but there's a lot, there's a lot there. They're, 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 they probably should have done focus groups or done some other research to see how this type of thing could be impact, could impact the brand, especially a very large brand like that. Those large brands are like big ships. You don't want to be moving in any direction too quickly and change oh, yeah. direction too quickly. If you're going to do it. You're going to do it gradually and, sure. and test the, test the waters. If you would, you don't want to be crashing up on the rocks because there is, or hit an iceberg that uh, is out there in the ocean when you see it coming, you know, so you got to think twice. So, and like, like I said, they, they turn their back on Mulvaney, which mm-hmm. obviously annoy the trans community. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then also, and they're allies. So it's not just it's not just that very the trans community is relatively small. It's less than like one percent, you know, of the population of the United States at least. You know, and then but the but but their allies probably represent fifteen percent, and the people lean sure, to yeah to, to be, be helpful to them or understand their situation probably maybe twenty thirty percent, but still a, a minority. Yes. So yeah, so so then you you have that, and then now the, the, the marketing executives, you know. She didn't appear too bright, and she kind of insulted, you know, the, the core fans by saying, oh, yeah, you know, Bud Light is just a, a, a frat house kind of beer, and maybe that insulted some core people. But she but, said but, it was a brand in decline. Yes. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, they're trying to go after another segment, which all businesses want to do. But here's another point with, you know, from the CEO perspective at Bud Light. So they abandoned Mulvaney, but then also he basically throws the two executives under the bus saying, oh, yeah, they, they uh, you know, took a leave of absence where after the fact is like, yeah, no, we didn't. We, it was a, a, a forced leave of absence. So it just seems on so many fronts, I like to get your opinion, it seems like Budweiser was just so arrogant as to, eh, we screwed it up. Yeah, let's just, yeah, we're not about being divisive. Uh, we're about a beer, having fun, bringing people together. You're bringing people together and talking over a beer, I think, was oh. some similar to the, what the quote was. Yes, but, right. well, Tim, you have to understand, you know, that's the corporate world. You make a mistake, or even if it wasn't a mis- necessarily a mistake, you take a, you take a risk, you try something, and if you fail, well, your head's on the chopping block, and that's just the, and that's just the way it is in the world today, you know, and that's the way it is in, in the corporate world. You know, maybe they were uh, uh, sent off to some foreign. Uh, she can handle the beer distributing, marketing in Alaska or something, but you know, they'll, <laughs> they'll, uh, you know, they just can't, 
you know, they, they, they can't survive in that world and they'll have to move on to someplace else. You're only in marketing. You're only as good as your last campaign. And, right. uh, you know, that one wasn't too successful for those folks and someone's head's got to roll. You know, those those are public companies again. So if, if decisions that are made uh, cause stock value to decline, they, again, that heads are going to roll and that the CEO is responsible for stock value. And, you know, if, 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 they, if the board and other people think things are going in the wrong direction, see you later. Now, let's go back to Nike with Kaepernick. I think that was 2016. And at the time... That was a, a huge controversy. That was a huge controversy. And a lot of people are in uproar. But here's the difference from what I've, I've read. Is, and, and again, Nike's you know, sales actually went up. It actually went up significantly. I think the big difference is Nike stood by their decision to align with Kaepernick where Budweiser didn't. Do you think that could be one of the basic reasons why they, they stuck? They, they stuck by it, but they didn't stick by it. I think they stuck by it for the inter for the for the time being, and they slowly weaned off it, versus dropping it immediately. Right? Oh, they, they did. We okay? They, I didn't they, know that. Yeah, I, I, that's what I, I perceive anyway. And it's not, they're not doing it now, and right. he's not around. You know, so you know sometimes that. Sometimes it's best to, to do nothing. There's a saying in medicine, you know, first do no harm. So that means right. just don't change anything. Don't do anything. Just kind of stick to what you're doing. You know, right. other, other times we tell people in crisis management, just shut up. Don't say anything else and just try to you know get through the, the bumpy, bumpy part of the situation. And then three, analyze what's going on and then, you know, make it make a decision based on the numbers over the course of time. So, okay, so let, let's take the, the conversation away from the Goliaths like Nike and uh, uh, Budweiser. So, we, you know, in my world and in your world, we're dealing with typical small businesses, right? Um, say a small business, because again, small businesses are very active on social, and we all know that some, some crazy things can happen on social, and they can get your company in a little hot water. So somebody reaches out to you, you know, typical average small company, and they're in a bit of a crisis. What are some of the cornerstone strategies that a, a, a business owner, CEO, right away has got to step into? I mean, well, obviously, every situation is a little is a little different, right? Sure. Um, whether it's uh, you know, I mean, unfortunately, I've had situations with bankruptcies and accidents, and you know, people have gotten hurt, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, you know, lawsuits and all sorts of things. So every situation does is different. But for, first, you have to understand that, uh, and this is, we'll just take the scenario that the, me the media is calling you. So you, it's like, you know, you, you're not, you can't hide under a rock. Some, somebody's got wind of something and they're, mm -hmm. they're going to be, they're going to be reaching out. So typically it is, well, hopefully one, you've been doing good, positive things in your community. So you have a, what we call a reservoir of goodwill, like people in your community, like you, you know, you're a shoe store or you're a restaurant or you're a, you know, some kind of business and people like you and you've been there for a while. So people know that you're not really a bad business. Right. Sure. So that's that's one. You got to be you always have to be proactive. That's the best defense against a, a negative situation. And two, you got to assess the situation and determine one. Do I need to say something Two, if I do need to say something, how am I going to say it? And three, uh, you know, um, 
if you know if, if i say if i don't say something does it make it worse and four mm -hmm. i guess is if you do say something will it make it worse because you have stories that could have legs as we call them in the business where they can last two and three two and three four or five days mm -hmm. you know hopefully with the news cycle it ends so if you decide that you're going to say something typically uh either it's a controlled interview with one individual one media outlet i just i don't wouldn't put people in front of a you know a press conference and have them answer a barrage of questions but right. usually we just issue, we issue a statement and uh answer questions you know one at a time or selective that's selectively but we answer questions via email mm -hmm. from the the business involved and again every situation is different and a lot of times the the, the cases we're talking about now with, with bud light and kaepernick and you know even target and others they're not involved with legal situations and no one's been hurt so mm -hmm. you don't really have the problem with a lawsuit so those are different kinds of strategic situations you got to look at because you're looking at brand protecting the brand versus yeah. protecting against liability so there's there's a there's a difference in those scenarios but I'm, I'm a firm believer that you should be as forthcoming as you possibly can share as much information as you can look but why put put their marketing person out there they did some interviews and they and they but they, they weren't very good but they did put them out there. They, they didn't hide. And I give them credit for not hiding. But the fact is, maybe in that case, they shouldn't have said anything, put out a statement, and then uh, hopefully let some things uh, run their course. I don't right, know if you remember right. Brian Williams. Remember Brian Williams on CNBC? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, he he claimed that he was in war zones and things like that. And he got busted. He was lying. <laughs> you know. So but what happened to him, what happened to him is kind of took a leave of absence. He wrote a desk or whatever he did for six or eight months. And then he started to rehabilitate, you know, his career and he's still on television now, years later, even after having been having a tainted, a tainted reputation. So sometimes you just got to kind of step away for a while. And, uh, and hopefully in those cases, the, the public will, and, and, and certainly you have to admit when you make a mistake and be honest. So that's important. Do if you make a mistake, admit it. And then usually the public will forgive you. Usually. Do you Depending think, on what you did. again, all situations are different. We understand depending upon the severity of the crisis, right? Uh, whether it's legal, somebody got hurt. But depending upon the crisis, do you think it's a good idea in general for, for the owner, for the CEO to step out and for them to deliver the message or, you know, the, the VP of marketing to come out? What do you think? Is it good to have a, a, a layer of protection so, or do it, people appreciate the, so, the authenticity? It, it depends a little bit. Like, you know, if, uh, if something happens with Ryan Reynolds, you know, football, you know, soccer team over in England, if something happened there, well, everyone know he's host, know, knows he's the owner. And mm -hmm. if something did happen, they would expect to hear from him, right? Cause they right. know, they know him as a brand in and of itself, you know, but if you have a local, a smaller business and, nobody really knows who the CEO is, then it may, may or may not make a difference. So I think as you move up the food chain and there's greater responsibility and greater awareness of who the CEO is or owner, then they have a greater responsibility to, uh, to defend their company or at least right. provide answers to a situation. So again, and some CEOs never want to do it. Some are not very articulate. You know, we've had situations where we've had, you know, we've worked on training people and helping them be ready to uh, do interviews yeah. and I just not allowed them to do it because they, they were not uh, in, in the capable of doing it effectively. 
you know. So, so, so you, you've had to pull the plug on some some stiff CEOs. It's not just stiff CEOs. You know, look, and professionally, if I have a client that's not prepared to be on a podcast or on a TV interview, I don't let I don't let them. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? I don't let right because it could do more harm. It, it, we, like that woman's interview with Bud Light, the, the marketing director. She, you know, she did more damage than she did than she helped. You know, so right. sometimes you have to uh, determine that no action is better. You know, P.T. Barnum once said, you know, old news is good. You know, old publicity is good or old news is good news. Like, uh, well, not really. You know, so you have to be selective. <laughs> and again, you, know, you have to, you have to select, be selective on how you share information because you don't want to feed the fire to have it right. continue for three and four or five news cycles when something may or may not be that serious. For a local business, that's a little bit easier to do than a, than a yeah, multi-country yeah. brand. So, all right, so, so here's something I would, you know, in, in kind of doing a little bit of research for the show and, and, and reading various articles on all of this, it seems like companies, because of what happened with Nike and Gillette, uh, even Goya and, and Spotify, um, has it emboldened CEOs or owners who have a social cause, you know, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, conservative, liberal, whatever, whatever the social cause is, okay? Do, do you think it's the environment or maybe the fact that, with the exception of Bud Light, most of these campaigns help them galvanize the particular niche that they're going after? And do you think it's maybe emboldened some of these people to be more comfortable embracing controversial social topics? Well, I think they're probably thinking, thinking twice about it these days. And uh, I mean, I personally recommend that the businesses do not do not get involved in, you know, controversial topics, politics and religion. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that doesn't mean you, you, people in your company can't be going to church on weekends or you can't even have a, a you know, some kind of faith related mission. But you shouldn't be. Out, we, I don't like people out there preaching, you know, that it, you know, keep that to yourself, in my view, for the most part. Um, two, you know, politics. Look, we talked about this last time. We talked about this. You know, like the yeah, the yeah. You know, you're gonna offend. You're gonna offend one side or the other, and then it, it just it's a it's a no win scenario. So you know, like Sung Su, if you're if you're gonna fight a battle and you know you're gonna you know it's gonna be even, don't fight the battle. You know, so <laughs> just don't don't get involved with it, right? And then. Uh, you know, re religion and con it's controversial topics like, you know, the LGBTQ plus topic is a, is a hot topic right now and a very controversial topic right now. So right. that's something that, uh, you know, look, yeah, you have uh, and it's, it's not there's, there's certain people out there, even Megan Rapinoe and her contract with uh, Subway is controversial and things like that. So these are these are you have to choose your spokespeople well. And like there, there are a lot of but there are a lot of good uh, you know, influencers online, quote unquote, good. There are people who are influencers online that have helped companies like, and I did some research too, but I knew some of these things like Bigelow T, which is not a big brand, but they used very successfully used influencers, Audible, part of, you know, part of, uh, part of uh, Amazon and Adidas and Sprint, you know, all of these influencers effectively to get their message out there in a non-confrontational fun way, you know, that, you know, so you have to think about how you're going to deliver that message. You know, are you going to talk about food? Or are you going to talk about something funny that's, you know, 
you just have to have a bunch of people uh, just take a look at it and make sure it doesn't uh, cross any boundaries. But who knows that? Who knows today? Because everybody's so sensitive. You know, they, they, you're probably going to offend somebody by saying anything. So. Uh, well, yeah, society has definitely become a lot more sensitive, and and that's kind of it's a shame. It, it's it's a shame because then we're not having conversations like we used to. You, you know, whether you're on different sides of the aisle, but like, hey, let's still have a good conversation, right? Uh, that's kind of gone away, and that's 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 unfortunate. Um, so listen, I, 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 you know, I, I hear the advice you're given, you know, you know, you're, you're given to the listeners, you're given to your clients, you know, it's, it's typically smart to stay away from the controversial topics. Um, I, I just think that, and again, it's just my opinion. It seems like more companies are, are willing to roll the dice and embrace it today. Um, and you, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing that it's well, become that I'll, I'll turn the table here and say yeah. you know what you know if you're going to embrace a controversial topic right well then you better embrace it you know whether the whether climate is a topic that could consider controversial that, that there's a good chunk of the people in the country that don't care about it but there's a lot to do you sure. know whether it's you know uh you know any number of any any number of social topics and and things like that you know uh, dei topics and things like that you know if you're going to do it i i would say just make sure you do your research make sure you get it right but then mm -hmm. before you embrace it and really go out there think about who your customers are and look at your customers you always have to understand your customers before you do any kind of marketing right and if you're going to embrace you know, working with a not-for-profit that might have some controversial connection or something, you know, make sure you know that that will not be offensive to your customers. So do the research is basically what I'm saying. Because if you, right. you know, if you, if you feel that that's the right path to go down, you want to be seen as a socially uh, progressive company, that might be great, you know, for your client base. Whole Foods, people who, you know, shop it like they're, they're very, they're, they're, organic shoppers they're vegan eaters a lot of them you know mm -hmm. so they'll gravitate to that type of you know supermarket you know and and you'll you'll understand that clientele a little bit better you know there may not be the stop and shop shopper or the wegman shopper right who are looking more for value versus organic yeah, Whole Foods is to me, like you said, it's it's more like the lifestyle kind of supermarket compared to you know the, the stop and shops of the world. Um, yeah. Do, do you think like yeah? You, do the research, and it seems like Budweiser didn't spend five minutes doing research. <laughs> I'm still baffled by it. Or maybe they were just maybe they're just so trying to do everything and, and please please everybody, and right. by doing that, please nobody. Right. And that's right. That, that's probably part of it, too. That's like I've said to you before, there's riches in the niches, right? It's great yeah. to focus on a small, small right. segment of the market. But once you become a global brand, you have to think about everybody, you know, because you if you offend people, you're ta you're talking millions of customers versus um, versus, you know, tens of or hundreds of customers. And a big difference between Bud, Bud Light and, and Nike as well is Nike people buy one or two or a handful of pairs of shoes a year, high ticket price, but Budweiser you buy every weekend, right. you know? So, yeah, and, yeah. and you consume it. So there's a different connection between sneakers and 
a food product or an alcohol, you know, beverage product, you know, so right. everything falls into a little bit of a different category. You know, there were stories about people saying they did not want to be seen at bars holding a Bud Light. People would make fun of them, you know, <laughs> you know, and this is this is stories that were in the news, you know, but no one's really going to make fun of somebody for wearing a pair of Nikes because everybody's wearing them. You know, so well, that's kind of fun. Yeah, th th think about that, though. If and we wouldn't know the answer to this, but it's interesting to talk about for a moment here, Bill. If everything that happened with Bud Light happens, but let's say Kid Rock doesn't get his gun, whatever, AR-15, whatever it was, and blow up cases of Budweiser at the lake at his house, do you think this is as bad as it is? I think well, he was the match on the gasoline. The that's the mis that's the misjudgment of the power of social media right. that this stuff can spread like wildfire you know very mm -hmm. very quickly mm -hmm. and again it was a very small campaign that just it, it was someone said in an article it was like an atom bomb it just exploded and it went everywhere <laughs> right. and everybody in the country was talking about it for a week right so you have to so you have to you have to understand the potential a lot of times you want stuff to go viral viral's great but sometimes yeah. <laughs> viral is bad, you know. And this particular case, viral, viral was bad. And I, and I, I think I said this on the last show. I believe in the good, the bad, the ugly. When you hire spokespeople, you know, whether a spokesperson or an influencer or whatever, the good. Do they have a good following? Um, will they, will they represent your brand well? You know, do they know what they're talking about? If, they, right. if you're bringing them up to talk about your brand, so that's the good. The bad is. You know that they 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 may not align with your brand and they may not be able to to live up to that brand reputation and the ugly is you know you have situations where like in with subway with jared when you know obviously he was a child molester and some other bad things in that in that case you know and that's yeah. the ugly you know like so, something can be really 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 bad horrible so you yeah, take yeah, a yeah. risk anytime you hire a spokesperson or an influencer you're taking a risk so you have to take that into consideration whether or not mm -hmm. you should do that and there's you know there's a lot of businesses that don't use spokespeople just because that reason because they don't want to deal with the potential blowback of of that type of situation you know so there, there you go um well listen I, i'm glad i had you back on i i did want to revisit it um and it was, it was funny to hear our conversation from back in may and like I said, I, I, I'm as shocked as you were. I, I thought it was going to go away and kind of die out in a couple of weeks. And maybe it was the Kid Rock I match on the gasoline. I got to just say, though, although the company lost market capitalization yeah. and although the company lost $400 million, the Budweiser consumption, Bud Light consumption is ticking back up. It's not what I had predicted where everyone's going to be at their barbecue on Memorial Day. But it is ticking back up. Will it ever make it back to where it was? That's to be seen. Right. It's still in the top 10. It's still a very widely consumed beverage. If you and I owned it personally, we'd be very well off, you know. And But let's see what happens. Let's revisit this in a year and see where we are Memorial Day next year or the week before <laughs> Memorial Day and see where we are. And I would, I, I would venture to guess that I'm not going to say it's going to be back to pre- Mulvaney days, but maybe it will hold its own or it will get a little bit better because they, you know, despite 
everything. They, they do have a, a large number of people who consume the product and it is distributed very widely. The people who I feel saddest for in this particular situation are the, the people who work in the brewery, the people yeah. who, are, who are the distributors, because they're the ones who really had nothing to do with it. And they lost their jobs and they, um, you know, uh, some of those plants, I guess, uh, uh, you, yeah. know, you know, reduced production. And then Budweiser sold off four brands, including uh, Blue Point, which is located here on Long Island. Right, 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 right. Well, li listen, it, to me, it was just very interesting, uh, uh, unexpected, and if nothing else, it teaches all of us, no matter how big or small you are, know who the hell your core audience is. Do your freaking research. Do not get caught with your pants down. I mean, that was just horrible, horrible. Um, First, do no harm. <laughs> Bill, as always, thanks for jumping on board the Profit Express, my friend. Great talking with you. You're welcome. We'll see you next time. You got May it. May of 2024. <laughs> yeah, late, Memorial Day of 2024. Bill Corbett, stay tuned. And this is the Profit Express. And remember, hey, listen, you know the deal. Follow the show, Instagram, uh, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Like, follow, hit the bells, hit the notifications, YouTube, etc. cetera, uh, for shows just like the one I had today with Bill Corbett, crisis management, as we're talking about the fact that, believe it or not, over four months later, we're still talking about the debacle of Bud Light and Dylan Mulvaney. So until next time, this is the Profit Express, and we're here to win the battle for business.